1: Hello and welcome to Valley Voice, our weekly Charlton Athletic podcast. My name's Robert Warlow I'm joined here today by our Charlton club writer, Clive Yorton. Hello, Rob. And also Scott Trotter. Hello Rob. yeah So we'll look back at uh, a disappointing result of the weekend, Clive, for, for Charlton. Obviously the 25th anniversary of being back at the Valley against uh, the side that they beat on that first game back mm. and uh, they didn't beat him this weekend.
0: No, it was very disappointing, Rob. Um, everyone... Obviously, went into that day full of excitement and anticipation. Twenty-five years back at the Valley is a massive thing for all Charlton fans, and it was great to see uh, a lot of supporters there. Um, they made a big thing of it, the club, and the atmosphere was absolutely fantastic. You know, there's, um, I've only ever been there with twelve thousand in the ground, and we're talking about a twenty-seven thousand stadium, and there was only sixteen and a half on Saturday. But because Portsmouth brought three thousand eight hundred, both ends were were really uh, rocking and uh, it was it was a great atmosphere everyone was buzzing about the game but unfortunately the chart performance went a bit flat on the pitch, they have got injuries Fossu was out, bow was out, Kashi was out three big players, um, of course Billy Clark came back but was he was he match fit I don't know, did well um, but yeah it was a bit of a disjointed performance they didn't really create that much um, and Portsmouth I think deserved to win on the day Obviously disappointing not only
1: just for the occasion it was but also given the respective positions of the two sides because that, that gives Portsmouth you know brings them to within three points of Charlton in that last playoff spot now. Exactly
0: it does um, it was a big result for Portsmouth and uh, Kenny Jackett was saying afterwards what a great squad that Charlton have got and they were pleased to beat them and Carl Robinson was saying well hang on a minute Portsmouth have got same numbers in terms of squad and in fact Robinson is saying he gives a lot of youth a chance uh, which other clubs don't do? So it makes his squad look actually better than what it what it really is on paper. Because his the philosophy is to to blood some academy players, which he's doing. Um, yeah, it's a big result not to win. Um, I think it's only their second defeat in ten games, something like that. So it's not disastrous, and they're still in that top six. But really, they need to start picking up results. They went out of the FA Cup the week before against Wimbledon, and of course they've lost this game now, and it was a big letdown for the fans. Um, and they've got to start getting some results together. What did Carl Robinson have to say afterwards? He was deflated, you know, he was deflated. He, he's so passionate about the club and about the fans and about the history, and he, he understands what the club means to, uh, to, to them. Also, the, the players that have played before, a lot of them were there, a lot of the legends were there being led out onto the pitch. Mm. And he is so respectful of, of all of that and I think he just felt he let the fans down because he just wants to win so badly, mm. um, and you know they didn't really look like they were going to win. Ben Amos uh, produced an unbelievable penalty save as well when it was one nil, um, so it should have been two nil. Charlton really didn't create much. Um, so yeah, the, the big the big thing was Josh McGinnis finally scoring with his with his feet. Unfortunately, it was in his own net. He, as uh, Cross came in from a Portsmouth uh, free kick and he was running towards his own goal. Couldn't do a lot about it really, to be fair to him. And uh, that was the goal, but yeah, very disappointing.
1: And uh, as we said, it, they are still in the playoffs, but I suppose it just tightens it up. that you know the, mm. They're on that last spot and they're probably the most vulnerable, at the, You know, looking at the, the four teams who are currently in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, well Ben Amos came out afterwards, the goalkeeper, and said that he still thinks top two is a realistic aim. And I'm, I guess it's that early in the season, there's still a long way to go, that they've got to still aim for that top two, but you're going to have to rely on the likes of Blackburn and Wigan, you know, dropping points big time in the in the months ahead, and they look like they're so strong at the moment, so um, yeah, they have got to, they're really looking at the playoffs at the moment, aren't they, as uh, trying to cement their place in that. It's a
2: brutal time to not be in a bomb as well, the Christmas period, because the game just keep on coming. Exactly,
0: yeah. I mean, Blackburn away, you couldn't have a tougher game on Saturday. Um, they're going to have to go there and get a result. You know, Ben Amos said, it's all very well having these big games ahead of them, but if they are realistically looking at top two, you've got to start winning those games.
1: Particularly against the teams that are there at the moment, because, you know, with the likes of Wigan and Blackburn to come, you know, they've, they've if they can, you say about them dropping points, well, if Charlton can beat them, they are dropping points in Charlton again. On the exactly. Right, so. They're
0: six-pointers, all of them, aren't they? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a very very important time. The next few games going into going into Christmas and beyond, really. The Gillingham home game on January the first. They're away to Southend on Boxing Day, and and they've got Blackpool just before Christmas, as well as Wigan. I mean, <laughs> it's a it's a tough run of games, and they've got to start picking up points.
1: But then you know you look at the sides who are in this division, and that, you know there are some. Big sides that you know historically you would say have been in higher divisions and would expect to be you know, pushing to get back there now.
0: They all want to get there, don't they? Mm-hmm. You know, we've mentioned five uh, ex Premier League clubs there: Portsmouth, Wigan, Blackburn, Charlton themselves, of course, and Blackpool. They all want to get back to where they feel as though they belong. And Cole Robinson said that after the game, Portsmouth are in the same position. You know, they've come from uh, a disastrous run down to League Two, and they're you know they're on their way back again. Um, Charlton fans think they should be back where they were in the mid-2000s so uh, yeah it's a very very difficult league to get out of and look at the clubs in the Championship they're all ex-Premier League as well mm. so um, it's, it's tough but they do have to I think they've got the resources I mean they've got if these three players are out at the moment they seem to have a situation where Carl Robinson can never pick his best 11 uh, he's actually said that there's always been two or three out, um, and of course there's the enigma of, of Ben Reeves. Is he ever going to be fully fit and functioning as uh, everyone know he he can, which is to be one of the League One's best midfield players? But Charlton fans haven't seen that at all.
1: I suppose, it, as we, as we've you know, you already alluded to that that they are you know it's not all doom and gloom. Is it two defeats in three, but they are still in the playoffs? So you know. It's not the right time for it to have a bad run, a former Scott says. But if you can turn that around quickly and start winning games again, then all of a sudden you could be, you know, looking towards the top end of that playoffs, and top two again.
0: Yeah, the difficulty is they lost to Scunthorpe recently on the 25th of November, who were in and around yeah. them as well, and now they've lost to Portsmouth and allowed them to close the gap. Really, they do need to, uh, as you say, kick on, and it's just a, it's just a vital period ahead of them, and. Uh, It's not a disastrous run. They are in the playoffs, but I think fans expect a little bit more than that. And there was a lot of criticism of them on Saturday, not trying and didn't put the performance in and didn't justify themselves to the occasion, if you like. Which I thought maybe was fair in some respects, a bit harsh in others. You know, Ricky Holmes gets absolutely slated by fans um, for doing too much and trying to beat that extra player. And but in fairness to him. Tariq Fossey's out, Billy Clark has been out before that, Mark Marshall has been out, Holmes has been the mainstay of the players who are creative and who can actually do something and I think when others aren't around him of the same ilk he thinks he has to do that extra bit more and it doesn't quite come off for him so he hasn't been producing the, the kind of form he can in the last two or three games but only because he's, he's not been helped in that creative side of things and he feels he has to do more he can't, you can't knock him for his effort and commitment and fans have done that when he's absolutely running himself into the ground I never understood that one
1: but, and then it wasn't just uh, on the field that they were critical of the players on Saturday was it?
0: no they had the Christmas party on Saturday night which is fair enough it's been arranged for, for uh, months apparently and Carl Robinson said that's fine they went up to Newcastle on the train and had a good time but it's the social media aspect of it it's a dangerous thing isn't it, social media, they just lost this game Um, fans are saying they didn't try which, whether you believe that or not is what they were saying and then they go out partying which is fine but to then smash it all over social media how much of a good time they're having just a few hours after a defeat like that on such a big day for the club you know that angered some fans who went onto twitter and other social media sites and and started criticising them and you know that's not the way to respect our club sort of thing and uh, there were a few tweets the following day actually saying well hold on a minute, they're footballers, they're people, they're just having a, let's put it in perspective but you can see both sides of it and Cole Robinson has come out and uh, said that he will discipline some of the players because of that, not because they were at a party but Mm -hmm. because they went and did that on social media because he has such massive respect for the fans and the last thing he wants to do is upset them. Uh, he thinks his players probably went at, um, went and did that on on the weekend. I suppose
1: you have to be careful, don't you? I mean, bring Scott in here and say, you know, it, it's the world we live in with social media. Everyone, you know, everyone seems to have a Twitter or a Facebook account. But I suppose when you're a high-profile player, or you know, we're not even talking in the Premier League. You know, League One, League Two, Championship. You know, any any level for a footballer. I suppose you have to watch
2: what you do on social media. Yeah, I think with the Christmas party it's a bit of a bizarre time to put yourself out there as well because it's one of the few chances in the year they almost get to be a normal person and mm-hmm. go out with all your co-workers and have a good time. And they say they went to Newcastle so you wouldn't expect many Charlton fans to be around there, you know, relax and then they put themselves straight back in the limelight and under pressure again and take away from the night Um, in a lot of respects and obviously now they're going to be punished in some respect as well and it puts a bit of a dampener on things whereas they like say it's an opportunity to get the morale of the team back up relax and have some fun before going to face a team like Blackburn mm. was it
1: would you say it would have been perhaps it would have gone down better if they'd waited and put the photos up or posts up two or three days later
0: why put them up at all really why not just go and have a good time and, mm. and just you know it wasn't other people taking pictures of them it was the players themselves taking pictures of themselves so mm. Why not just go and have a good time and, and not worry about the social media side? But as you say, it's the way, it's the, it's the way of the world. It's, it's the world we live in that that sort of thing happens. And uh, it's just unfortunate. I mean, if they'd won the game, then no one would have batted an eyelid. Mm. Great, you're having a good time. Oh, look at those great pictures. But because they lost the game and the fans were feeling a bit downhearted about it, um, they felt that perhaps they weren't trying as hard as they might have been. And maybe the party was on their minds... During the game, you don't know the psyche of a footballer, do you?
1: Yeah, you it's know, perhaps the strangest thing about it, seeing the fact that they went to Newcastle. I you mean, know, after, <laughs> after really, because you know they're playing at home, and as you say, a big occasion for the, for the club. Mm. You know, you thought maybe they'd have had a, I don't know, a pre-party drink at the club before they went off I don't know it, it, just, seems, it seems an odd one going from, from a home game to, to Newcastle if they were up in the north and an away game then fair enough but
0: from the outside looking in that looks, does sound strange it's a trek isn't it it is a bit and when you look at some of the tweets I think they're pointing out the time of, of day it was you know early hours of the morning so but then it would have had to have been wouldn't it yeah. <laughs> if you're in Newcastle and you've been playing in London it's, uh, it's a bit of a trek to get up there, so I suspect I the festivities didn't even start till about eleven o'clock or something. Well, that sounds. I, mean, I, I I'm very well, well aware that Newcastle
1: is a good night out for, by all accounts, but mm. yeah, it, it just seems a little odd going up that far after a game. You know, I mean, I, I imagine they all had Sunday off. It? You, you would you'd yeah. be a hell of a trek to get back <laughs> to train on
0: Sunday morning, otherwise. But also with social media, some of those players might not have wanted to be. I mean, I don't particularly like people putting pictures of me on Facebook at parties. You go to a private party or something and someone puts a picture of you, well shouldn't you do that with my permission? Do you know what I mean? Mm. And maybe some of those players have been implicated when they didn't really want to be because Mm. of the fact they were there. Johnny Jackson, the player coach, you know, was one of those people and um, I saw one tweet saying, disappointed in you Johnny, you know, direct tweet to him and he is highly valued and highly has high esteem within those Charlton fans, he's been there since 2010, he's a legend, they sing his name now and that sort of thing might tarnish his reputation very slightly, I don't know. Um, but then you've got to put it in perspective, it's a few people on social media, it's not 20,000 people or whatever. And uh, So let's hope it just blows over, they get the punishment that Carl Robertson sees fit to give them and uh, we move on
1: I suppose the best way for them to respond is to go and put in a positive performance get a positive result this week
0: to beat Blackburn away would be the perfect response wouldn't it I mean uh, to go up there they went to Bradford City and became the first team to beat them I think in 36 games that Bradford had won at home or not lost at home I was
2: there for that game actually were you there yeah, for that yeah last year really yeah. wow well,
0: tell us um,
2: you know, I think it was, it was very much an early season game mm. um, neither side looked as incredible as they might do now um, but like I said I think the thing that stood out from Blackburn was just the depth they have I mean, bringing mm. the likes of Peter Whittingham off the bench mm. is a um, privilege that not many League 1 clubs mm. get the opportunity to do um, scored the goal just after half time most of the Blackburn fans were still finishing the pints in the concourse um, <laughs> but yeah both sides look good without perhaps looking like league winners at the time but that was mm. in August and I think both have came on a long way since yeah
0: yeah what sort of game do you expect then, Clyde, this weekend? Well, I'm looking forward to it because I've never been to Blackburn before. I've always wanted to go there since they won the Premier League in 1995. So uh, I don't know why, it's always had that fascination with me. So looking forward to it, it'll be a big crowd, big occasion. And really, you know, Charlton players have, have got nothing to lose in the way. They can just, you know, Blackburn are probably the favourites, aren't they? They're beating everybody at the moment, they're at home. Why not go there? And and Carl Robinson will not want to go there just to try and draw the game. He's got players who can attack Blackburn and perhaps surprise them. So um, I'm expecting a real thriller, to be honest. I'm just looking as well.
2: Blackburn have actually conceded quite a lot of goals recently. Mm. So they let in three at the weekend, uh, sorry, two at the weekend, three in the FA Cup before that, two against Blackpool, one against Bristol Rovers, and then two against Oxford United as well. So there's an opportunity there.
0: It is. Unfortunately Charlton aren't scoring many at the moment <laughs> but at the start of the season they did score a lot of goals but then they were conceding a few in the run that they've had in recent times they've won by the odd goal and not scoring that many but uh, haven't been conceding although recently that that has uh, changed they've started to concede those odd goals again but particularly from set pieces which uh, you know affect a lot of clubs.
1: In fairness you say the Blackburn have been conceding goals they've still been scoring more because they've won the last year <laughs> haven't they so exactly. they're not in a bad
0: run for themselves. No, it's, you know, it's about entertaining the fans, isn't it? I'm sure they want to score m- more goals than the opposition and Carl Robinson's philosophy is just to do that, um, which is nice because he wants to see entertaining football, he wants to see his players attack and he loves players that go at people and, and excite fans. So um, I'm hoping that both teams have a go at each other and it's, uh, it's a good game. So 0-0 then.
1: Yeah, 0-0
0: <laughs> <yeah, nil-nil. laughs> and a long trek home. <laughs>
1: Well, hopefully, for all the Charlton fans uh, making that trip to Ewood Park, it is a good game and it's not 0 um, we'll, 0. Uh, we'll be back next week to discuss it, um, but thanks for in the meantime to Clive and Scott for joining me, and thank you for listening to Valley Voice.